Hello, you are listening to Onward with William McCarthy, live from Berlin. Today, I'm going to be covering some questions that you've written in. I also want to make a special announcement. In the past week, I did an online show from my living room, live from Berlin with my friend Steve from Devon, England. And I played songs. It was a variety show of sorts. And we took requests and we did toasts. We uh, had a lot of great laughs. Carried on for about two hours. It was, it was actually really wonderful. But in that experience, I realized that you guys have questions too. I made an announcement that I was bursting to tell you that I'm leaving Berlin and I'm going to start my solo record next week. I'm thrilled to tell you about this. There's a lot to cover. The first and most exciting thing is that it will be produced by one Mr. Eric Sanderson of Augustine's and Pela fame, my longtime collaborator buddy. And in the show, we had a caller, a mystery caller, a.k.a. Rob Allen. <laughs> that was really funny. And uh, we all had a great laugh and it was really interactive. And I, I appreciate it and I want to do much more. So what I want to do is talk about that record. For me, lyrics come first. They always have. And that's how I started. To tell you a little bit about my solo record, I guess the best way to describe it is that I want to get back to the lyrics, to the basics. So traveling this beautiful journey with all of you through uh, how many countries, how many tours, how many festivals, how many acoustic jams, performances, TV, radio, all of it, what it's really about, and it's always been about, underneath all of this is craft. And I'm going back to the craft of writing songs where I come from. Some of you might know, I don't know if you've read our biography or any interviews with us, but in my formative years, because I was living in a um, non-rock and roll type of region of the world, the quickest and easiest way for me to get music out to people was to busk aka playing on the street. When I realized the immediacy was really gratifying, I took my show on the road and I, I traveled first to Mexico and then I went to Australia and traversed the entire east coast of Australia busking. In a very landmark moment for me in my life, I decided to come to Europe and I met a friend of mine under the Eiffel Tower and we had a beautiful pact that if we met at noon on New Year's Day under the Eiffel Tower, that we wouldn't speak, we, just to let the moment sink in. And there we stood with bearded faces, laughing, and with tears in our eyes, really, because this is a big deal for an American, for anyone, really, um, to actually get out. And I remember sitting on that plane heading to France with tears in my eyes as we took off. I think I was bussing tables at the time, and all I could think of was Europe. And I didn't know my ass from a hole in the ground. I didn't know the difference between north, south, east, and west, except for a map. So there we stood, and it didn't take us long before we burst out talking. We tried to hold on as long as we could, being silent, just to build up the excitement. And we made our way to a park bench and started playing our songs. And we were obsessed at the time with 
uh, Dust Bowl era songs, Woody Guthrie songs, Lead Belly songs. I was obsessed with slide guitar at the time, Sun House, Skip James, Muddy Waters, Blind Lemon Jefferson. There were so many. And, you know, it's a beautiful thing. If you look at traditional styles like fado or flamenco, basically it's a craft that people spend their whole life honoring and working within the parameters of and the structure of that, that medium. To me, blues is, is traveling music and folk is traveling music. And it takes stories to fill up those pages, to fill up those verses and those choruses. And then it takes an authenticity to really sell it. Let's be honest. No one really likes seeing a weekend blues man, do they? I don't. So we realized that we had to go and, and live some life. And we began doing that and we really couldn't afford beer and, and whiskey back then. So we, we really just drank a lot of coffee and we rolled cigarettes and we would sit out in front of businesses and we would put our guitar case out and we would play everything we could. And a lot of, a lot of it was about improv. And we would get so excited walking down the street, stringing together words and marveling at people like Towns Van Zandt or Lightning Hopkins or Bob Dylan or Paul Simon. And we would marvel at these, these craftsmen. And that love for, for lyrics has followed me through my life. I remember being a kid um, in my got teens, early teens, even sixth, seventh, eighth grade, and I remember marveling at lyrics and walking around. They were like little gifts. They were like panels off a space shuttle that was blasting through the, the ozone layer, going out into space, leaving us little clues on its trajectory and where it was heading. So in short, my solo record will be getting back to what I did before Augustine's, before Pela, the years as a teenager to my early 20s, as I traveled around and I stayed up drinking bad coffee and I stood in front of supermarkets with my case out. We never stole, I never begged for money, I always played, but I do remember once in France, no one was tipping us and we were playing our hearts out and it was really cold, it was January. I do remember stealing food off of, off of some tables in a mall and eating other people's french fries, that was pretty horrible. I remember being in a homeless shelter in Spain, which is a very deep story. I can't wait to explain this whole story to you because I saw real human beings in bad places, whether it was that homeless shelter or a Greyhound station or a train station. Um, these people's faces and their lives moved me and I tried to put them in my songs as much as possible. And as a songwriter, you're sort of, you're making a braid. You're braiding the past, the present, and the future. You're braiding reality, perceived reality, your imagination, folklore, tales of things you've never seen, things you want to see, and you're weaving, you're weaving, constantly weaving these things together. Whether it's mythological tales, Saints, sinners, angels, devils, good men, bad men, bad men feeling good, good men feeling bad, broken hearts, repaired hearts, retrieved hearts. It goes on and on. And it plays out across the empty page and it comes out from your diaphragm like bellows, stoking coals. It comes out through your esophagus, out your mouth. 
into the ether, into people's ears. It comes out with your boots stomping on a dirty floor. It comes out through your sore fingers getting dragged across a fretboard. And if you're doing it right, you're telling stories and you're leaving clues and you carry on this conversation with your listener. So in the spirit of that, I'd like to answer some questions that you've written in. Uh, this question is from Mark Gibson. Mark writes, I'd love to hear stories about how you acquired the different guitars and the attachment sentiment to some of them. Okay, that's great. Um, pro you probably have noticed my Sunburst Gibson 137 that I usually play. I love this guitar because it has a low sound and I went through hell with Eric for many years trying to explain what I was looking for and what I really was looking for and I found it in Gibson's is I was looking for an electric to sound like an acoustic. The acoustic that I grew up playing was given to me by my foster dad. He, uh, he got mad at me once because he, I had been going in his case as a seventh and eighth grader and playing this thing when he wasn't there. And this was his treasured guitar. And he, he shouted at me, I know you've been going in my guitar case. And I looked at him and I had tears in my eyes. And I said, I will never hurt your guitar. I, I treat it like it's made out of glass. Those are the words that I said. So that's a Yamaha. That's a Yamaha F-Series from the 70s. That guitar is in my friend's garage in California for when I need a quick getaway on my motorbike. I go to his house and in that guitar case, which I think Todd has in the film, it's filled with stickers from my early busking days of the different countries that I'd go to. So that guitar lives in his garage and I go there and I write on it. I also have a guitar that belongs to Frank Turner <laughs> that a friend lent me. Frank's, I've met Frank, but through a friend, Chris, who I was in California really wanting to write and he lent me Frank's guitar. And that guitar, I believe, is at my friend Tracy's house. <laughs> Frank was tweeting and we were going back and forth and I was like, oh, I have your guitar, man. <laughs> Sorry about that, I, I need to return that. Um, so I enjoy Gibson's. I have an old guild that you probably have seen in the Nothing to Lose But Your Head video. Uh, that guild is special to me because it's a 1966 guild. Eric has a newer one. Actually, I think it's mine. Eric plays the newer one. Uh, that's a, that's a reproduction of the one that I've got. That was the first guitar I got when we were signed to Augustine's and it means a lot to me, even though I don't play it much. It has a more jazzy tone. And also through the Paley years, I always played Telecasters. Telecasters because I admire Frank Black from the Pixies a great deal. And obviously Springsteen, um, Tom Petty. The Telecaster is a bit of a one-trick pony. It's a mid-range kind of guitar and it has a lot of bite to it. Uh, it doesn't sound like an acoustic at all. And with this type of guitar, you really must have a nice amp or an amp that has character because it has, you know, one tone with a couple variations on it and it does what it does. I think this is a great punk rock guitar and Palo was a little punky kind of angular post-rock type of band so it worked for me on that. Um, acoustic guitars, I really want to get a J100 Gibson but I won't spend the money because I want to put it into the any kind of extra money that I get I want to put it into the book that I want to do this year. So. Um, as much as I love guitars, I'm also grew up, you know, kind of hand to mouth and I've been on my own since I was 17. And it's really hard for me to drop a few thousand dollars on something 
So I continue to play my Guild Resonator guitar. I call it a Dobro, even though it's called a Resonator. Just Resonator sounds weird. Uh, and I play that thing because I can play in bars and essentially do my busking thing, but within the band. And I think that's why we started going out in the crowd uh, after you know our performances, because it was getting back to that busking thing that I love so much. And one final question from Saskia. I would like to see you dance on Jamiroquai's All Good in the Hood. You have enough hats for it. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, thank you. And yes, I do love hats. I've always loved hats. People often wonder if I'm balding or something. If I'm very lucky to not be balding. I just have big, weird, crazy Irish hair. And it's really curly. And uh, it's nice to have uh, to keep a lid on it so to speak. Um, okay, I'll, I'll do one more. What was the first song you wrote? This is from John Hayes. What was the first song you wrote? What was it about? What was going through your mind at the time? When did you realize you would take a road that was far different from all those around you? Well, those are a few questions, John. Uh, what I can say is the first, the first song I ever wrote, it's pretty funny. I think it was called Pothead Johnny. <laughs> There's a pothead Johnny, da 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 uh, I was listening to a lot of reggae. In California, we have a lot of reggae. So, um, yeah, it was sort of like a, a reggae a reggae jam. It was pretty bad. When I realized that I would take a road that was far different from those around you was probably when I was kicked out of high school when I was 16. And I had to go to the, the bad, like, uh, continuation high school with, like, pregnant girls and gang-type kids and bad kids. And I realized, man, in this close-minded little small town there's no way I am going to make my way back to this community so I'm on my own well I've hoped you have enjoyed this uh, podcast onward with William McCarthy and it's me William on the one and the two yours baby blue I know you're down with the inauguration bullshit but what are you gonna do onward thanks for tuning in and I will be seeing you next time. Stay sane.